out there waiting. Holy smokes. And here it is, Friday night, and everybody's working themselves up into a fantastic sweat. And here I am, and there you are. And it's time for... Oh, God, it's right on the tip of my tongue. What was the name of that fantastic story about this kid that walked around, and uh, he had this... Uh, he had this master that built him. Uh, he was uh, he was a puppet, and he had this master that built him. Somebody named uh, Oh uh, Capizio, I think, was the name of the guy that made him. And he was an old wood cutter and uh, a carpenter. Capizio, and the uh, what was the name of the kid? And his nose would grow every time he would tell a lie. Uh, pistachio. And uh, yeah, wasn't yeah it, it, it was. It doesn't sound right. Uh, pistachio and, uh, no, uh, yeah, it was pistachio. And I remember this kid walking around, see, and I'm, uh, you know, you see, I saw this as a Walt Disney cartoon, and, uh, and uh, of course, I'd also read it. Uh, it was a very favorite story of Miss, um, well, Miss Breitvogel used to read it to us all the time. Because she had this thing, she had a fantastic nose, Miss Breitvogel. I guess maybe there was a connection, so... Uh, tonight, about, oh, maybe about 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock at night, I'm walking around at Times Square, and uh, you know how it is. It's hot and cool and nice and great and summertime. and You can feel the beat building up all around you. And I walk past this joint where they're uh, selling art films. they got a little thing in the window that says, Art Films, 8-millimeter art films for men only. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I guess there is two kinds of art, one kind of art for women, one kind for men, and then there's just art art. And uh, there's a <laughs> thing says art films. And uh, there was a picture there. They had these uh, posters, you know, these posters of Marlon Brando, you know, these pop art posters, Marlon Brando, uh, LBJ, um, Roy Rogers and his great horse, Flicker. Uh, is that his name, Flicker, his horse? Uh, Trigger? Trigger. Oh, yes, I understand he had Trigger Stuff, didn't he? Uh, Trigger Stuff, yes. The, the original Trigger Stuff, which reminds me, friends, I have an ad here. I want to tell you, you know that you can buy an art poster of this kid with the big nose. Yeah, it's a pistachio. You know, the kid with the big nose that's in color. And I have an ad here that I just must read to you that has to do with, uh, uh, here it is. Oh, shucks, no. Doggone it, I left it somewhere. Oh, yes, here it is. Convert your pet cat into a beautiful doorstop. Natural pose, well-stuffed, moth-proof, lead-weighted for stability. Built-in purr. Eyes lighted by battery or electric connection. A real conversation piece. Will give years of service. Well, <laughs> I imagine that would be a real conversation piece. You know, you get your pet cat stuff, and its eyes light up, and it has an electronic purr, and it's operated by battery. I, I can't imagine anything that could cause more conversation. In fact, it might even cause a few lynching parties to break out in your neighborhood. But then again... Trigger stuff, and so well, I have a little tune here. It says, uh, "I've got to stop smoking." My doctor has said, or else when I'm seven, I'm sure to be dead. The kid wrote me this poem: "Cigarettes can cause cancer, and that makes no sense, so I must stop stealing my daddy's dear Kent's." No, here in the '60s, when going with chicks, cigarettes can bring status to a boy who is six, but. <laughs> but I must live clean now. At six, life is ripe. Cigarettes I will give up and switch to a pipe. 
Bring it in there now. Come on. I gotta salute that kid out there. Oh, chin up, chin, chin. What was the name of that kid? It doesn't sound right. Pistachio. Oh, well, uh, you know. Anybody know the name of that kid out there? All right, bring it up. They're big. All right, come on. Let's see. Oh, I wish I could cheer me. Right now, Sister Kate. Oh, she shakes it. She shakes it like jelly on a plate. saying what kind of family we're directed at. I could see that family, you know, the typical W.O.R. family sitting in this sleazy one-room apartment, you know, with the busted with the busted plaster and the cockroaches running in and out from under the sink. 
George Price family. Uh, oh, speaking of headaches, would you please hit the button there? Hit it there. Hit it. Oh, yeah. Oh, Miller, Miller. Yeah. Oh, it's in there here. What kind of an engineering department we got here? Crying out loud. I'm, wait a minute. I'm picking up W-I-N-S on my cans. Oh, yeah, Miller friends. How you doing out there for your weekend? Are you ready? You better lay in a big, fat, fantastic six-pack of Miller, a champagne, a bottled beer. Because, man, if you run out of beer about, say, 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday, and the Mets are seven runs behind, you're going to want something to make you forget what's happening. That's Miller High Life, friends, the champagne of bottled beer. They make it right. Yeah, hearty, robust. He sounds good. People on the go know that Miller High Life makes it go even further. The champagne of bottled beer. Oh, Miller. Yeah, right. Miller makes it right. How'd you like that? Have you noticed, friends, there is no substitute for talent? <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, speaking of talent, I got a little note here I thought you ought to know. By the way, that cat uh, that you can get stuffed is not it's no joke. I mean, you can get your cat stuffed if you want to. Makes a great doorstop. Uh, speaking of the animal world, we have a little note here that... Uh, terrible thing. You know, I don't know what's happening lately. I mean, it, it, things are going bad all over the place. We have a little note that came in. You know, you don't hear you don't hear the real news on the air. I mean, you know, they constantly have news about what's happening all over the world, but not really what's happening. Here's a little note from Low Hesket, England. That's a great name for a town anyway. Low Hesket, England. A pedigreed white terrier named Charlotte upset well-laid plans last Friday when she upset a vial of pills on a table and gobbled up the entire lot. These pills, friends, were pills. You know what is it when they talk about the pill? Little old Charlotte ate up a whole bottle of them, little old pills. And, uh, well, I just would like to point out that, that the Saturday, which was the day after the Friday, they had made arrangements for Charlotte to meet this very, very well-bred gentleman dog. And it was a very important meeting. And uh, Charlotte will not be able to make that meeting now for some months. And uh, maybe Charlotte was one of the newer dog ladies around. And, uh, you know, she felt that her freedom was much more important. <laughs> Miller, just, you know. And, uh, oh, uh, speaking of um, pills, this is W.O.R. And uh, it is a bitter pill. And uh, this is W.O.R. It is a bitter pill, friends. And uh, this is Radio Free Broadway, and I'm me. Let's see. It's uh, pistachio. Anybody uh, call it? It's pistachio. There's a Walt Disney cartoon, a little nose there. Uh, I remember uh, there was another one, too. Uh, it was very, very important about that time when I was reading about pistachio. And, and uh, you're right. You're right. The name of the guy that made this thing was not uh, Capizio. It was Cappuccino, some kind of an Italian name. And uh, he was, you know, a simple little country wood maker. And he, you know, made things out of wood. And he made this little guy called Pistachio. And he, he was alive. I don't know how he made him alive, but he was alive. And he walked around, and his nose grew every time he told a rotten, stinking lie. Can you imagine what would happen if that ever happened to us? you imagine people have to go around with their noses in wheelbarrows? 
you imagine the average guy working in an ad agency who, say, spends 10 years writing ad copy for the average product? Holy smokes. I mean, <laughs> I mean you know, it could go. Uh, which uh, reminds me here, uh, I've got another thing I want to do. We've got, let's get these commercials out of the way. Speaking of great commercials here, we've got uh, Rosetta with us this weekend. And, uh, of course, it's too late now because you're probably going home for the weekend. But uh, next weekend, if you're going to do a lot of little fun stuff around the house with electricity, you know, Japanese lanterns out in the backyard and electronic fly catchers and stuff like that, well, there are three fantastic Rosetta stores, one at 79 Chambers Street, one at 75 West 45th Street off 6th Avenue, and their big new showroom at 73 Murray Street, just two blocks west of the city hall. And uh, that's a great place to start work on that project, that homemade electric chair that you've been going to build for a long time. And uh, if you'd like a catalog, uh, they send a fantastic four-color catalog out, but it, uh, you have to be over 21 to get it. And it comes in brown sealed wrapper. Nobody will be able to know. And just send a card here, a smudgy card would even do better. A couple of thumbprints on it. Just say Rosetta, baby, and uh, they'll know. And you'll get that catalog. And no one in your neighborhood will know. Let's see. We've got Rosetta, Miller. Oh, yes. you got another one in there. Another whoopee in there. Hit it hard, Bob. Let's not kid around about pain. When you hurt, you want relief. Let's talk about fast. pills, you know. You've got several hundred pain relievers to choose from. <laughs> but there's one of all the leading brands a lot of pain that has more of the pain reliever doctors recommend most. That's today's Anacin. The medical facts are that two Anacin tablets give you 100% more of that pain-relieving ingredient than two of the so-called extra strength I wonder what that ingredient is. Let me repeat that. Okay. Two Anacin give you 100% more of mm. the pain reliever doctors recommend most. Very interesting. 100% more than two of the so-called extra oh, strength so-called, you know, those Just remember yeah, that the next time headache mm. pain strikes. Only Anison, among the leading extra-strength mm. brands, has 100% more of the pain-relieving mm. ingredient doctors recommend most. That's why people who know pain swear a by Anison. A lot of Anacin. people know pain. Okay. It's today's quick, sure, strong one. Mm. Well, that was very nice, Phil. I'm glad you dropped in. Thank you very much. I, I don't know why they, you know, there must be a, a secret comment on the, on the people who listen to my show. People... Let's... Excuse me, you have any more to say there, friend? You heard, you want... Oh, okay, well, I heard a lot of times, friend, a lot of ways, it's just you can't scratch, but uh, that's all right, you go up in the next room, he's... Re he's re Get out of here, will you? Guy's on the Barry Farber show later, son of a gun is warming up, well, probably knows plenty of pain, but uh, nevertheless, you know, uh, speaking of knowing pain well, friends, how many of you out there remember one of the great characters of American literature? Now, I'm, I'm one of these people who feel that uh, literature is not necessarily found in hard covers, and uh, it's not necessarily found at the Bijou. And, uh, you know, literature can be many things. And I wonder how many of you remember that great unsung character out of American literature, Peter Payne. You remember Peter Payne? You know? That, have you ever heard the name Peter Payne, Bob? Peter Payne, yeah. You know who Peter Payne is. Do you know who we work for? Who was the outfit? Sloan's Liniment? No, no, Sloan. <laughs> no, Peter That's right. Peter Pan worked for Ben Gay, and I was so sorry when they kicked Peter Payne out of the business, you know. Yeah, he's retired now. And uh, a few nights ago, I saw him down at the Gaiety, you know, the old showbiz deli down here. And you see these old guys sitting around, and 
Peter's still green, incidentally, shaped like a pickle. He still is green. And, you know, he sticks with that derby hat. Of course, he's like, you know, the, all the great characters. They, 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 they create an image, and they stick with it. Harold Lloyd, you know, still walks around with, with glasses on. He, he sees as well as anybody. Where's he got? You know that uh, Groucho Marx still paints that mustache on him. It's part of his life. And Peter's sitting down there. It was sad to see him eating that pastrami with that little derby hat on. Had his pitchfork with him, by the way. Carries it around in a little leather case in case he gets a call from Ed Sullivan or something to do his act again. You know how old showbiz people never give up. And uh, I saw Peter sitting down there with a lot of, uh, you know, comics that are kind of walking around and scratch. Milk came in and that crowd, you know, they're down at the deli eating stuff. And, and he was one of the great comics of his time. And I remember as a kid, I, I was such a great Peter Payne fan. Uh, I, if you remember Peter Payne, he was always in this little strip, comic strip that was underneath, uh, say, stuff like Winnie Winkle. Uh, uh, Terry and the Pirates. And I remember Peter, a typical Peter Payne uh, plot. It shows this girl, see, and uh, she's uh, sitting in her boudoir, and uh, she's looking uh, at, at the mirror. Boudoir. Don't you know what a boudoir is? Don't you remember him? He used to be with Cleveland. Yeah, he was manager, playing manager. Not many of them around. He was a fantastic shortstop now. <laughs> You know, I'm sorry. <laughs> Lou Boudoir. Well, okay. All right. Fine out loud. All right. All right. So anyway, you know, I'm, I'm very impressionable at that age. Of course, you know, I, I wish I could go out of my impressionable age. I'm still very impressionable. I'm impressed by everything. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed by a lot of things. Uh, I'm impressed by the kind of shoes that Bob Smith wears here at the station. They squeak. Uh, I'm impressed by so many things that I shouldn't be. And I'm a kid, you know. I'm sitting around, and, and uh, every day I'd get the comics. And, and particularly on Sundays, we'd get, we'd get comics. And, and we were a very lucky family. Uh, did I tell you about uh, one of the great strokes uh, that happened when I was a kid? Uh, would you please sneak it in there? Uh, I need a little mood music, please. Bring it in. Just a little soft music. Yes, that's nice. Bring it in there. We've set up the mood. All right, King. Whispering while you cuddle me. Oh, while you cuddle near me, baby. Oh. Whispering. Oh, they can't hear me. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, how sweet. I can't stand it. This stuff hits me where I live. Oh, wow, wow, wow. No one. Oh, but you. Very nice. That was so nice. We have a note here. It says, uh, Ted Hamey, a banana farmer in Coffs Harbor, Australia. I was in Coffs Harbor, Australia, where they grow the bananas. He said his bananas were weak and puny. And uh, I, I just want to bring this. Will you reset that? Will you, will you, I'm going to need this here. You know, for people who complain about the occasional little bursts of bad music, and they say it's bad, uh, I refuse to concede that there's anything bad in this world that man can, con you know, contribute to the general, uh, the general uh, desert that we're all here walking around in. Uh, did, did somebody cough about that? What's the matter? You mean the, the people are complaining? They're saying that the I didn't say. I uh, listen. I did not say that this cappuccino had anything to do with the mafia. 
He was a simple little Italian woodworker. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, fellas. I mean, you know, it's, it's getting so that you can't mention anybody's name on the air without getting a lot of complaints. And, uh, and I, I, I said nothing against Pistachio, that poor little kid. I know how it is, you know, with the big nose. What's the operator mad about? Has that operator ever been anything but mad? Has that? No, come on. Now. That's nothing. That's a common operator syndrome. I'm sorry we bother her television viewing. You know, that sometimes gets in the way there. But uh, nevertheless, uh, you know, you walk around, you scratch during your day. And, and uh, I, I was uh, uh, thinking, you know, that the people do. I, I got a whole bunch of letters the other night. says, you know, Shepard, that singing of yours is just terrible. That's rotten. Then I get a lot of other letters that say that singing of yours is just great. So you don't know which way the... the no, you, you can't. You can't listen to the letters. But I just want to remind you of one thing. A little note here says, a banana farmer, Ted Hamey. Now, I met Ted Hamey. When I was in Coffs Harbor, Australia, I'll tell you about Coffs Harbor is on the coast of Australia. Now, you never think of Australia as being a banana scene where they, you know, grow bananas, but it is very tropical, I think. And Ted Hamey has a little place that he homesteaded there, and he makes, he grows bananas, and he had these bananas all over. Of course, they have a lot of trouble with snakes there. And uh, these little banana trees are everywhere. And he has a house. Now, you won't believe this, but it's true. He's got a house shaped like a banana. This guy's really hungry. Yes, I'm not kidding. He made a house shaped like a banana. It's a terrible-looking house, but it's his, you know, and it's got a front porch. If you've ever seen a banana with a front porch on it, I'm not kidding. I'm not, everybody's laughing. It's the truth. Ted Hamey has got a house shaped like a banana in Coffs Harbor, and they all think he's an absolute nut. He's an American. And uh, he went out there and built, yes, I'm not kidding. He built this house, and it's shaped like a banana, and uh, he grows bananas there. Well, now, two years ago, when I was in Australia, he was having a terrible time with the banana crop. And uh, he said that he'd been growing bananas the first couple of years. Everything was great. And then his bananas became pale and sickly. And I'm reading to you a note just came in. Ted has made the National Newswire. Ted Hamey, banana farmer in Coffs Harbor, Australia, said his bananas were weak and puny until he and his helper rigged up a loudspeaker and played music to the bananas day and night. The results were fantastic. One banana plot, which listened to the music for over a year, produced a crop which experts say, and we quote here the experts, you know, there's a lot of banana experts around, quote, out of all proportion to the fertilizer used these gigantic, incredible bananas. And by the way, I'll bet not one of you know what they use for fertilizer on bananas. I do. And I'm not saying. I just let it stay out there. The music is not exactly symphonic caliber, just loud, raucous music. But the bananas apparently dig loud, raucous music. He said because his bananas are growing like Billy Be Damned. Well, now, would you please bring me a little of that? We, we, for those of you out there who are undersized shrimps, just get close to your radio there. You'll never know. This stuff might help. Yeah, whispering. I hear you whispering, baby. Oh, there's nothing but me and my shadow. Walking along this old lonely road. Just me and my shadow and you. Whispering. Why you, why you cuddle near me, baby? Whispering. Yes, sorry, Bob. Oh, you never leave me, baby. 
In fact, I couldn't get rid of you without a crowbar, the way it looks. Love, I will move. <laughs> oh, whispering that I love you. All together now, let's sing it all out, gang. It's time to sing <laughs> All right, now come on, we're doing our best. <laughs> I'm glad you're enjoying yourself. Did you feel yourself growing? You're a little, sitting a little taller out there now? Well, look, I think man is superior to the banana, and if loud, raucous music works on bananas, it ought to do wonders for man. You know, you know, I, I have a theory. You are now about to hear a theory. Are you, got, you ready for it? And uh, I, I'll bet in ten years there will be physiologists writing about this phenomenon. You know that nobody has been able to really discover why half the kids today are seven feet tall. I'm serious. Very, very serious. Half the kids today are going to be, you know, they're six feet nine, seven feet two, and no amount of arguing that their diet is better, that much better, is going to account for the fact that every kid today is a foot and a half taller than the rest of the people in his family. It is not that much different in the diet. Has anyone yet proposed that this is the first generation that has sat for maybe five years of its most formative years listening to ear-splitting, loud, raucous, rotten music played on 75-watt amplifiers turned all the way up? I'm kidding. It could very well have done it. Well, there's a lady someplace out in the... Where is it? Salem, Oregon? who was having trouble with her African violets. And the violets were withering and dying, and the aphids were yelling and hollering and having a ball all the time in the, in the violets. And they, she had terrible success. And one day she said to herself, there must be something to do. I have to be able to do something with my African violets. And uh, so she sat by the poor little pot there where the African violets were drooping. And she looked at the African violets. And she said to herself, I love African violets. And she looked at the African violet and said in a, in a voice, in, in a clearly audible voice, she said, it's very important. She said to the African violet, I love you, little African violet. You have no idea how much I love you. Well, she did that every day for two and a half hours just before supper time. And by the end of the week, this little African violet was sitting up straight. And do you know today, she has African violets that are over 12 feet tall all around the house. In fact, you can't even get into the house sometimes with the African violets. So don't laugh at things like this. Now, now, oh yes, the power of persuasion and the, the metal waves and the radiated magnetic forces that man is able... You know, the, the brain, you're, you're aware that the brain is an electrical contrivance. 
Never think much about that. It's an electrical contrivance, and they, they hook all these little electrodes all over your head, you know, and they can flip the galvanometers up. Yeah, little electrical currents going in and out of there. Well, now, they know that the brain radiates electrical energy, waves, like a little transmitter. Now, they have not yet discovered a really good way, an adequate way, they can only measure it, to receive those waves and then to rectify them. In other words, decipher them. Now, think carefully about this. And they have found out, and this is the most sinister of all, they have found out that when brain waves that are being radiated from the human brain are radiatable through Class C amplifiers, which is to say, Fred, that I can radiate my brain waves right through this microphone and transmit them via the fantastic electronic magic of WOR, which, as you know, is more magical than any other radio station, we can transmit these waves out to you through your crummy little Japanese transistor radio. No joke. And you know that, that, uh, that there is another theory around it. It says, you know how ape the world has gone uh, since... Uh, about the mid-1930s, the world has gone completely ape. I mean, it, 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 the world is far apier than it must have been in the days when we were swinging in the trees. And they say it is not a coincidence, some scientists believe, that this apiness grew as electronic means of communications grow. And that we're radiating all our, you know, all our, everything is being radiated all over the place. And, and the, you don't know what you're picking up from, say, Zsa Zsa Gabor. Some, you know, you're just sitting there watching TV. And the next thing you know, this thing is coming right out at you. Now, I'm going to try an experiment. If you're willing, if you're willing and, and ready to be part of an experiment. Now, I'm sitting here. I've got electrodes on my head. You see them, Bob, don't you? You've got them all hooked up here. I really, I really have them. And I've got two metal plates, one attached to my left ear, one attached to my right ear. And so there is a potential that is being created between these two. Uh, you don't mind this kind of show once in a while when we get a little uh, people are interested in, you know, uh, scientific things. I wonder how many of you know how your radio works. You want me to explain to you how your radio works tonight? You don't? Okay, I won't then. No, no, I, oh, no, 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 no. I never force anything upon anybody. No, 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 no. I could could have very easily have done that. It might have been handy to you, but I, I well, all right. I'll give you a little thumbnail description of how your radio works. In the beginning, uh, there is the aerial, and uh, <laughs> how's that for the opening line of a Marshall McLuhan Bible? All right. In, in the beginning, <laughs> there is the aerial. See, and uh, in your little radio, even when you got a little radio that uh, is a little pocket two dollar and a half Japanese transistor radio with a little nine volt battery in it, it has an aerial in it. You know. Uh, it, it is. It's, it's, all, it's in there. It's, it's, all, it's a wire-wound coil in the case of a little Japanese radio or a little any kind of a transistor radio. Now, that little aerial picks up minute electrical energy charges from the air. Now, we could go into that. We could tell you all the, uh, all the various uh, theories of radiation, but that's not important. Let us say that there's little electrical charges that are floating around in the air all the time. Now, those electrical charges are indiscriminate as far as your head is concerned. Uh, right there, right around. If you were to reach out your hand, now just reach your hand out, friend, and just hold your hand, make like a cup, see, and uh, make like a dish with two hands. That's a parabolic reflector. It is. It's a pretty high-frequency one, but nevertheless, it's a parabolic reflector, and it's got a lot of 
a lot of dielectric leakage in it, but there it is. Now, that parabolic reflector, as you sit out there right now, is picking up some of the doggondest junk you ever you, you could ever conceive of. First of all, you're getting all kinds. You get a lot of Cousin Brucey, you get Long John, you get me, uh, you're getting a Brad, you're getting the whole scene all in one hand. You're, you're also getting a UHF TV. There's a lady there who's given lessons in Etruscan art on Channel 13. You're getting all this stuff, and it's all in a giant jumble, see? It's all in the air. It's all there. It's all floating around. Uh, the Russian ships at sea talking to the submarines, uh, the planes talking to the tower at LaGuardia. It's all in the air, see? Well, now your radio set is the sneaky little thing that picks the specific thing out of that fantastic jumble. It's got this little area sticking up, see? And that area picks up all of these sounds, all of these little electrical energy charges. Now, right after the aerial comes this little thing called the tuned RF circuit. Now, that makes a rough, this really, it uh, selects, you tune the little knob, see, and it selects which one of the sounds you're going to hear. And then it is amplified, and then it goes through an IF stage and a rectifier stage, and then those little energy, uh, the voice energies that are flickering up on top of those little waves that are being sent out, finally rattle that little crummy paper cone of your loudspeaker, and guess who comes out? Me. But that ain't all that's coming out. Scientists are beginning to discover that a lot more is floating around that radio set than just me, my voice. Now, what if I were to concentrate right now? I will concentrate for 10 seconds. I want you to concentrate out there. Look at your radio set as you do it, especially if you're driving a car and you're going along the Jersey Turnpike. I want you to stare fixedly at your radio dial for the next 15 seconds and do not take your eyes off that dial. Well, I'm going to see some action here tonight, friends. Okay? <laughs> now, concentrate. Uh, by the way, it, it's Friday night. Uh, uh, you know, uh, on a big Fourth of July weekend, and uh, the reason I'm doing uh, such a, a peculiar show here tonight is because we recognize that on the weekend, and especially on Fourth of July weekend, that there's nobody listening. Just us, me, and uh, occasionally Bob Considine, the engineer there. He listens only every third or fourth thing. Uh, my producer's asleep, and. Uh, all the guys that run the radio station are off on the fantail of their yachts everywhere, making sure that, you know, everything's running right, and playing golf and all that stuff, and watching the ponies run and all that. And that we're here, see. Well, there aren't many of us here. Uh, that is, I'm talking about, you know, the work and walking around nitty-gritty people. And if you're driving along, when, um, when I give the word here, when I give the, 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 the cue, uh, no, we better not do that. Maybe too embarrassing. No, we better not. Wouldn't you like to know that there's somebody else out there? All right, there is somebody, me. Now, I'm going to concentrate. When I give you the cue, I will concentrate on something that is at great variance with what we're talking about tonight. I will concentrate on a specific object, and I will transmit those brain waves out to the 50,000 watt transmitter that we here at WOR are laying out all over the eastern seaboard. And I will lay it into your radio set. I'll lay it right on you. 
Now, we'll see how sensitive your brain is and whether or not your rectification circuit is rectifying properly. I'm talking about the one between your ears, not the one in that plastic cabinet. All set now? I am concentrating on something right now. Nothing gets you tireder than some really tough, hard concentration. Of course, especially when you've got electrodes on your head and the transmitter is sucking it out and blowing it out over 50,000 states. Oh. 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 Oh, gee. Oh. oh, it hurts. Oh. Oh. This stuff gets powerful. You just don't know what you're messing around with. You're messing around with these electronic forces. It's just incredible. Oh, sure. Listen, uh, uh, I, I remember when I was a kid, when I first started to mess around with transmitting, and I was, in, you know, I just got my amateur radio license, and and uh, I, I was on 40 meters CW, and I put put uh, well, I was running about 75 watts on this T40 those of you who are interested in technical things, and, and I tuned it all up one night, and I had built a, uh, well, I had built a dummy load. Now, a dummy load is a false transmitting antenna. Now, that's a load, you know. It's like, it's like a little load that just drains off all your RF power, so it's supposedly not going to radiate, say. And I made this out of a 200-watt light bulb and a couple, of, uh, a couple of resistors and a condenser or two that you could tune up. And I remember that night, I, I poured 75 watts into that baby. See, I tuned it all up, and I remember the plate current dropping down there, beautiful boy. And I tuned up that final, that 75-watt uh, final, and she current dropped down. I, the, the, the driver current, the driver voltage was up. Everything was fine. The, the grid current was running good. I was reading all these, these meter readings, see. And then I went over to my, I went over to my dummy load, see. And I tuned that son of a gun up, and I had a, a Bakelite knob on it, a plastic knob, see, on the condenser. And I tuned it up, and the light started to glow. And with that, the plate current began to swing up. I just remember it. It swung up. And as it swung up, I could feel this heat coming up through my elbow joints, coming on up all the way up into my shoulder joints. And I turned that, it tuned up beautifully. That light bulb was glowing, just beautiful, glowing. And I was pouring a 75-watt signal into the dummy load. And then I threw the meter across the dummy load, and I realized that my dummy load was not dissipating any of that current. Where was it going? Well, I stood there for 20, maybe 30 seconds trying to figure that out. And all the while, my elbow joints are heating up and my head is heating up. I could feel the sweat popping out of my, my brow. It was fantastic. I've got this thing going. The bulb is glowing like that. And then it hit me. I am radiating. Me. I am radiating 75 watts of RF power on 7,182 kilocycles right in the middle of a ham band. 
Well, I stood there for a minute, you know. It's radiating. It's coming out of my eyeballs. And my mother came into the bedroom. She took one look at me and says, your hair is standing up. My hair was standing up on end, and I did not realize that I am radiating, the, radiating this current like a, like a shot. It's going out all over the place. Well, I said, well, I couldn't let go of the knob. I could not. Have you ever had a gigantic shock? You can't let go of the knob. Well, I'm getting an RF current shock, and I can't let go of the knob. I said, Ma, turn off the transmitter. She said, what? I said, Ma, the transmitter, turn it thing off. She said, don't talk like that. I said, Ma, turn off the transmitter. I said, holy smokes, Ma, turn it off. Ah! Turn off what? I said, a transmitter, Ma! Turn it off! Well, she pulled the switch, and I felt that current draining out of me. It went, whoo! And I'll tell you, it just soaked right out the bottom of my tennis shoes. I could feel my hair falling down again, you know, down around my eyes. I, I'll tell you, it, it was one of the first times that I've ever felt my teeth sweat. I could taste salt in my mouth. Well, I turned up my receiver, which was on the desk there, tuned to 7182, and do you know that over 245 ham stations were calling me? I was a fantastic radiator. I was laying out a signal all over the Midwest man that didn't stop. I learned a lesson then. Man is capable of a lot more than he ever puts himself to the test. Man can do almost, incidentally, for those of you who are interested, I tuned up as a three-quarter wave extended double zap on 40. That was the actual electrical characteristics that I found that I have. An extended double zap on 40. And when I double down on 20 and I radiate myself on 20, I work as a, as a dipole, a straight dipole. Down on 15, I work as a folded yagi. And so man really has no did you did you did you pick up what I was sending out to you out there, friends? Did you pick it up? Don't tell us so. Don't tell us so.